0: If you're holding onto a belief that is stealing your career potential from you, you probably want to change that belief so that you can make decisions that are congruent with what you truly desire. Because so often, a limiting belief is going to prevent you from making the decisions that get you the thing that you want. We change beliefs by looking for evidence that goes against the belief and by taking action that generates evidence that helps us dissolve the belief. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzek, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this show. I am a career coach for women. I help women find their voice at work. I help women build confidence. I help them become powerful leaders. So if you are super ambitious and working to find your voice and really take up more space in your career, you're in the right place. And we're at part three of a series that I have been doing all around Mindset. I'm so excited because I still have quite a lot more to share with you. So we'll see how long this episode turns out, but I think it's really gonna help you clarify some of what needs to happen next in order for you to achieve the growth, the confidence, that powerful voice that you desire. Before I dive in, I want to invite you to join me in the Art of Speaking Up Academy bonus mini-series. If you aren't sure what that is, It's basically like a mini bite-sized version of the Art of Speaking Up Academy that I am sending out via email to those who are on the wait list for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And if you haven't heard of the Academy, it's my signature program where you learn the comprehensive toolkit that you need to grow your confidence in meetings and to become a super effective communicator, particularly in rooms with executives and higher-ups. And the third cohort of the Academy is going to launch in November, which is so exciting. And all through the month of September and October, I'm going to be sending an exclusive mini-series only to those on the wait list with real lessons and tips and mini-trainings taken straight from the curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy so that you can get a taste for what it's like to be in the academy so that you can jumpstart your journey of really building a super powerful voice and becoming the woman who takes up space in meetings. And there's no downside. This is totally free. All you have to do is head over to justguessitcoaching.com slash academy, add yourself to the wait list. And as soon as you do that, You will get lesson one delivered to you immediately. I am a huge believer in taking action. I myself am always signing up for the things and taking action in the areas of my life where I know I want to grow. And I think that communication skills and finding your voice in meetings is one of the most important areas to take the action that you need to take to get that skill set to a place where it's going to support you building a super rewarding and accelerated career. So head over to com slash academy, add yourself to the waitlist, and then you will get to be a part of that experience. I am so excited to welcome you in. And now let's talk about mindset. So this is the third part in my series on mindset. And the reason that I'm laughing is because I was outlining what I want to share with you in part three. I was like, oh my goodness, I have so much to share. I feel like I need more than three parts. But you know what? I'm going to be really ambitious. I'm going to try to pack it all into this episode. So there's going to be quite a lot here. This one's going to get a little heady, I think. Like, I think you're going to have a lot of brain exploding moments (laughs) in a row, Um, So you might need to come back and re-listen, or you might need to just take some time after to soak and integrate. You might want to take notes, do whatever you need to do to really help your mind take in and absorb the information, and let's get started. So quick recap, in part one, I talked about the difference between a fact versus a belief. That is super foundational to understand if mindset work is something that you want to go deeper into. And in part two, I talked about limiting beliefs and what they are and how they impact your career and how to break out of them. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the more advanced and nuanced ideas when it comes to mindset and some of the pieces that are really, really important for you to be aware of if growing your confidence is important to you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this part three with just a little bit of foundational information on how we change our own beliefs. I hit on that a little bit in part two, but because it's so important, I want to reiterate it here in part three. And then I'm going to talk about dissonance, which means having conflicting beliefs, which is probably something that you experience internally. And I think that this discussion on dissonance is going to help you understand yourself and your experience a lot deeper. Hopefully, it'll make you feel a sense of relief and a sense of like you're normal. You just have a human brain. Everything's going to be okay. And then I'm going to talk about Changing beliefs alone versus having the support of other humans when you're trying to change your limiting beliefs and grow your confidence. Because actually, what's very fascinating about human psychology is that we can't completely do mindset work in a vacuum alone in a room by ourselves. And it might seem like we can, but I'm going to talk through a little bit more of that so that you can understand. Why you might be getting stuck. And I'll share a little bit of the stuck patterns that I see often with my clients that might apply to you. So let's dive in. So let's start with belief change. I hit on this in part two, but as I was listening back, I realized that this topic is so important that I want to reiterate it here again. I'll say it in a slightly different way. It might land differently for you, it might come out more clearly this time. It's just so important that I realize that it's worth sharing again. The first thing that I'll remind you of is that a belief is not a fact and often we hold a belief that's, that's not factual. We can hold a belief that's untrue, that feels true to us. The problem with this is that that untrue belief Will cause us to limit ourselves in our careers, right? So, one example of an untrue belief that a person might hold, and we won't use you because it might be too charged if we make it personal to you, right? So I can use me. Um, an untrue belief that I might hold is that I'm not a good podcaster, that my podcast isn't good. Now that's a very subjective thing. Everyone has their own opinion on what's good, what's not good, but It's very possible for me to really, really believe that and for the overwhelming evidence around me to be saying otherwise, right? However, just because the evidence around me is overwhelmingly indicating that that's not true, it's still going to feel true to me because when I have a strong belief, my brain's going to ignore evidence that goes against it. So even if I'm getting you know, notes from people listening to the show saying they love it and the show is doing really well and all of these things are happening, my brain's not going to take in that evidence and be like, oh, your belief must be wrong. And I talked about this in part one. I'm just going to stay in my experience of I'm not very good at this. And what is a shame about, you know, limiting beliefs especially is that they're not true, but we treat them as if they're true and then we limit ourselves because of them. This is why belief change matters so much, right? If you're holding on to a belief that is stealing your career potential from you, you probably want to change that belief so that you can make decisions that are congruent with what you truly desire. Because so often, a limiting belief is going to prevent you from making the decisions that get you the thing that you want. This is so important. If you have a limiting belief that doesn't really cause you to like not go for something that you desire, it's not going to lower the quality of your life all that much, right? So if I have a limiting belief that I'm not a good cook, but I don't really have career aspirations to be a chef and I don't really enjoy cooking and I don't like want to be good at cooking, then that's not going to keep me from my potential in a significant way. But if I have a belief that, I'm not good in my job, and it's important for me to rise up and be successful and take up space and become a leader and have high impact and rise into bigger positions. If those things are important to me, then that limiting belief is really going to steal from the potential that could have been possible for me, and it's a potential that I desire. So it's almost like a limiting belief is a thief that rhymes, and it's stealing from the future that you want. It's so important then, if you have a limiting belief that impacts something that is very important to you and prevents you from showing up and taking action and making decisions to pursue the thing that's important to you, that is when you want to start looking at belief change. That is when you want to start looking at this process of taking that belief and shifting it over time. So this is why belief change matters, right? And today I'm going to share a little bit about how we change beliefs first, and then we'll get into the dissonance piece and changing beliefs with humans versus alone. But the way that beliefs change are through repeatedly generating evidence that the belief isn't true and stopping to force our brain to actually notice that evidence and take it in. This is so important, right? Because our brain is designed to repel information that goes against our predominant belief system. If you spot this happening in your life, you will be fascinated. Like, this stuff is fascinating. But you'll start to notice that if you have a really strong belief, like, um, let's say this is a good one, people are bad drivers. this is a belief that I have that I really need to work on. So I have a belief that people are bad drivers. They're rude. They're dangerous. They're inconsiderate. They're doing things that are really risky, that really upset me. This is a belief that I have. Now, there are so many times when I am driving in my car and people let me cut in front of them when I need to change lanes People like give me space to like get into their lane. People are being very good drivers, right? They're, it's happening all the time, but my it's like bouncing out of my brain because I have the belief system that people are bad drivers. And then when someone does something dangerous or obnoxious to me on the road, my brain like sucks it in like glue and it's like, see, people are dangerous and horrible and selfish drivers, right? So if I want to change that belief I have to pause and slow myself down and say, wait a minute, what am I ignoring? What am I overlooking? And I have to do that over and over. Over and over until that belief system starts to erode, right? Until I start to see more of a balanced view of the world. And then even if I bounce back into my old belief system of like, oh, people are such horrible drivers, I can remember that that's just one part of the picture. Maybe there are some bad drivers out there, but not all drivers are bad drivers and selfish and scary and crazy. And then I can start looking for evidence of the contrary, and I can bring myself back to a view that's probably much more close to reality, which is that there are a mixture of drivers on the road. And some drivers are really dangerous, and some are really safe and considerate. And That is a much closer reflection of reality. And then maybe as I begin to think that, I start stressing less when I'm in the car. I start going to places that I would have avoided because maybe I have to sit in traffic for a while and deal with all the dangerous drivers and the quality of my life starts to go up. And so with belief change, what we're looking for is not just finding evidence that the belief is incorrect, but really slowing our brains down and allowing our brains to take in that evidence. And this is something that I often do with my clients when we find something that goes against a limiting belief that they have is to really slow down and look at that and take some time to take that in and be like, that happened. And your brain is going to want to race past it and skip over those wins and skip over those celebrations. and and just kind of go to the next thing, you need to slow yourself down to give your mind the opportunity to integrate it. And it's almost as if the belief that you're trying to change, like the limiting belief that you're trying to change, you're like chipping away at at it with a hammer. Like every time you slow yourself down to be like, there's a contrasting piece of evidence, it's like you're chipping at it and it's getting weaker and eventually it's going to crumble. The one thing that I want to share with you around this that is so important is that if you have a limiting belief around your own competence, around your own capabilities, there are really two ways that I want you to be thinking about gathering evidence in order to dissolve that belief. The first way is exactly what I said, which is slowing yourself down and taking time to deliberately look for and notice markers and pieces of evidence that indicate that your belief is false. So these could be things like your boss telling you, you did a good job on a project, you getting positive feedback, you getting a positive performance review. Maybe you got a raise, maybe you got a promotion, maybe something good happened, right? These are things that will happen to you And your job is to slow down and notice these things and be like, brain, look, (laughs) I think that I'm bad at my job, but look at this thing that just happened here. But I want you to take this a little bit deeper because I don't want you to just wait for the evidence to come to you. I want you to generate the evidence. This is where mindset work gets fun. This is where you start to feel powerful. This is where really big shifts can happen. Rather than just waiting for evidence to come in and pausing and acknowledging it, I want you to go out and create the evidence. I want you to take the action that creates the evidence that you are badass and that you are competent, right? So if you have a belief that your ideas aren't good or that you aren't competent enough to participate in a certain meeting, The best way to start eroding that belief is to take the action that that limiting belief doesn't want you to take. So in that situation, the limiting belief doesn't want you to speak in the meeting, right? Because it's scared you're going to say something stupid. So your job is to look at the places where the limiting belief is preventing you from taking action and to take the action and to use those actions to fill your evidence bank. It's like a piggy bank, right? Fill that evidence bank, fill that piggy bank with little pieces of evidence that you totally can do this, that you are competent. and listen. Here's where this gets really hard. Let's say you listen to this episode and you're like, all right, I'm going to take action that goes against my limiting beliefs to fill up my piggy bank with evidence that this belief isn't true. What is so hard about this, and this is really the essence of the work that I'm doing with my clients, is that sometimes you're going to speak in the meeting and it's going to go really well. And you're going to be like, yes, bank to that evidence, right? Like what a beautiful piece of evidence for my ability to contribute in this meeting. What a beautiful piece of evidence that I am powerful, that I am effective, that I am smart enough. But sometimes you will take the action and it might not go well, right? It's not going to go quote unquote well 100% of the time. Maybe you say something in a meeting and you've realized it was wrong or someone tells you it was wrong right like this is the thing that will happen and this is the point of failure for so many people and when i say point of failure i don't mean that you're a failure i mean this is the point where their confidence building journey breaks down because they take the action it doesn't go the way they want and then their brain goes see I told you, you shouldn't have taken it. You should have listened to me. You didn't listen to me. Now you feel embarrassed. This whole situation would have been better if you had just kept quiet and not said that thing and not taken up space. And so- you have to go into your journey expecting that. You have to go into the journey expecting that when you take action that goes against your limiting beliefs, sometimes it's going to go really well and you're going to bank that as evidence that that limiting belief is garbage and that you can totally do this. And Sometimes it's not gonna go as well as it could and your only job is to resist falling back into your old belief system, resist giving up and remind yourself that it's only a matter of time until the successes become far more frequent than the quote unquote failures. Because the truth is, if you're speaking up and you're doing something new and different that you've been not doing for all of this time, there's some skill that you need to build. There's some comfort you need to build some familiarity you need to build. So it might not go amazingly perfect the first few times. It's your job to stay in it long enough to actually experience the change, right? It's your job to keep fighting back when your brain says you never should have spoken up in the first place. When a client comes to me and they tell me that they spoke up and it didn't go well and they didn't get a good reaction or whatever, I celebrate. I don't say, oh, well, you probably shouldn't have spoken up. I say, great. <laughs> what's the lesson here and what, like, what's next? Because I know that's part of the process and I know that there's actually no way to move forward without going through some of those sticky, difficult, challenging experiences. But if you stick with it, what you will notice is that those negative experiences get less and less because you become more proficient in doing the thing that you were avoiding. And so that's the first piece that I wanted to share with you, which is just how do we change beliefs? We change beliefs by looking for evidence that goes against the belief and by taking action that generates evidence that helps us dissolve the belief. And I would really encourage you to use this as an opportunity to identify All of those actions. What are all of the actions that your limiting beliefs about yourself are preventing you from taking? List them out. And that is the beginnings of your growth work. That is your roadmap. Those are the pieces that you want to be working on. And I love that because it's so concrete, it's so straightforward. It's like if you ask me the question of like, how do I change? How do I get started? That's how, figure out what those things are and then get started on your teeny tiny baby steps to start doing those things. Okay, the next thing I wanna talk about is dissonance and conflicting beliefs. Oh my gosh, so (laughs) we're going deeper down the rabbit hole. So of course, we can have a belief, a limiting belief. So for example, the limiting belief could be, I'm not very good at my job. And what is really complicated about all of this is that we might hold two conflicting beliefs, and you might relate to this. You might hold a belief that you are not good at your job and that you are good at your job. And this is where we can experience a lot of internal, like back and forth, whiplash, chaos, confusion, because we hold two beliefs that go directly against one another. And you probably do hold conflicting beliefs because if you thought that you were just 100% bad at your job, you wouldn't listen to this podcast. If you're here, you have some level of belief that you have capability. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be making the effort to grow, right? And so it's just a question of like, how strong is the belief of your competence within you? But most people who are going to be drawn to this type of work have one belief that they suck at their jobs and one belief that they're actually quite good and capable. And this can get really confusing, but once you recognize that you have conflicting beliefs, this can explain Why? Some days you feel on top of the world, and some days you feel horrible, and some days you feel like you're making a ton of progress, and some days you feel like you're reverting. It's because you hold conflicting beliefs, and remember— whatever belief you hold is going to notice the evidence that feeds it, right? And so if you're in a really negative headspace and you're really feeling down about your capabilities and your competence, your brain is on alert for evidence to make that belief stronger. So you're going to spiral down, right? Versus if you're in a place, those often rare instances where you actually believe in yourself and are like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at what I do, when you're in that space, your brain is going to be far more open to like, oh my God, I just got good feedback and that person just said this thing about my work, right? And then you're going to kind of spiral upwards. And so you have these conflicting beliefs, depending on what state of mind you're in, they attract more evidence to make them stronger. And you experience a little bit of a roller coaster, a little bit of whiplash, a little bit of back and forth which can feel really destabilizing, it can feel really, really chaotic. But what's so important with conflicting beliefs is to recognize, this might sound really obvious, but we actually don't do this as humans, is to recognize that if you have conflicting beliefs, one belief is working for you and one belief is working against you. And this is where, as humans, we're so irrational because our emotions just totally get in the way because it's just how we are. But what we don't realize is that we have one belief system working for us and one belief system working against us. And we actually can choose which one of those belief systems dominates our decision making. We often don't realize that we get to choose that. So we're kind of on autopilot. And if we're having a good day, we'll go ahead and show up really powerfully and take powerful action and feel amazing. But if we're having a day where we're in that negative belief, we won't take those actions. And when that's happening, we're allowing our brain to control us on autopilot. But we actually get to decide what types of choices we want to be making. So the more you can build awareness of when the negative belief systems are dictating your action. And the more you can shift in those moments to taking a different action, the more you will end up feeding the more positive belief systems. And also, the better you'll perform in your role. Because a limiting belief about your competence is usually going to lead you to inaction, it is going to lead you to do fewer of the things. That would lead to your own growth. It is going to lead you to speak up in meetings less. It is going to lead you to be less risk-taking and proactive in your work. It is going to lead you to trust your intellect less. It is going to lead you to avoid asking for feedback, right? It's going to lead you into all these behaviors that slow down your career progression. Whereas when you are in the belief that you are competent, that you are good at what you do, that is going to lead you into actions that support your growth, right? And so what's so important important is to recognize on any given moment, any given meeting, any given day, is to recognize which belief system is driving my actions right now. Are my actions being driven by the limiting belief system, those negative, self-deprecating beliefs, or are my actions being driven by that more encouraging, empowering, positive belief system about my own capabilities? And ultimately, You get to decide what decisions you make. You get to decide how you approach your work. You get to decide how vocal you are in meetings. You get to decide when you step up and take action. But the challenge here is, are you going to be able to make that decision and step up and take up space and be courageous and be brave when that limiting belief is predominant, right? When you're really in a place of I'm not competent. Can you harness enough inner courage, enough stamina, enough grit to say, you know what? That's just a limiting belief. I'm going to do something different. And that is the essence of mindset work. That right there, that moment where the old crappy belief system is bubbling up super strong and it's making you want to hide and stay quiet and not take strong, powerful, decisive action. It is in that moment where you say, Oh, I know what's going on here, and my job is to take the powerful action that is a moment where you know you have mastered mindset work because you have not allowed the subjective limiting belief that you hold in your mind to prevent you from taking the action that you know is in your best interests and that reflects the most powerful autonomous version of you. And so what you really want to think about is when I believe in my own competence, right? when I believe in myself, what actions do I take? What do I do differently? And like I said, that list of actions is your work. That is where the growth will happen. Now, I want to share one last thing on belief change. I'm like feeling tired because I get so excited about this topic and now I'm like, Woo, this is a lot. But I want to share one last thing with you on the topic of belief change, which is the idea of a closed loop versus an open loop. This is really important. This is something that took me a while to understand. And once I understood it, my confidence building and like growth just went through the roof. Like, I feel like when I embraced this as true, I became so powerful and I started to feel so like in control of my career. I started to feel so much like, oh, I want something, I'll just go out and make it happen, is when I really began to internalize and understand this. So, belief change happens most effectively and change in general, not just belief change, but any kind of change, whether you want to change your beliefs, you want to change your behaviors, right? You want to grow your confidence. It is most effectively done when we are not in a closed loop, right? So a closed loop means we are doing everything alone. There is no feedback mechanism, right? So it almost makes me think of like a dictator, for example. Like in a dictatorship, there's no feedback. There's one person in charge, and that person's in charge of the country and what they say goes. And if the people don't like it, there's nothing they can do, right? Versus if you're in a political system that's more similar to a democracy or there are other structures where it's not just a pure dictatorship, it's not a closed loop. There's feedback, there's voting, right? There are ways in which outside information comes in and impacts decisions. So when you are doing mindset work alone, you don't have a mentor, you're not part of a community, you don't open up to your friends about it, you don't work with a coach, you don't have a therapist, like when your growth consists of you quietly listening to this podcast alone or quietly journaling all by yourself, that is a closed loop. It's like a dictator is trying to change and improve a country but without talking to any of the people. So you have this horrible, evil dictator who's made the country horrible for all the people. And this evil dictator is like, okay, I kind of want to change. I wish this would happen in the real world, but sadly it doesn't. I kind of want to change. I don't want to be evil anymore. So I'm going to like try to be better. If that dictator tries to just figure out what to do on their own without being like, let me go talk to the people. Let me hold these forums where people can come and share what's going on. If that dictator doesn't open the closed loop of their own thinking and their own mind, they're gonna be really slow and ineffective at making this change because number one, they're not hearing any other point of view besides their own. They're not hearing what the people are experiencing. And second, the only mind they have to figure out how to achieve this change is their own mind. And we know that their mind is heavily biased towards being evil and dictatorial, right? And so they're trying to change their mind with the same mind that created all of the problems, which is a very, very hard thing to do. Whereas, if they open themselves up to talk to the people and they get an advisor and they get some help, that change is going to happen a lot faster because they're no longer in a closed loop. Mindset work is the same. When we do mindset work alone, we are using our own mind that generates the negativity and the limiting beliefs and the inner critic. We're trying to use that same mind to change our mind. We are trying to be the dictator who shifts the way they do things without any sort of outside input. That is contrasted with being in conversation and exchange with another human who has a different mind than your mind, who can see you and your mind from their perspective, which you can never see. This is so so important because it is often very hard for us, number one, to recognize our limiting beliefs because they literally just feel true, right? I was just in a client session. The client said to me something as a fact. They said, I did not do a good job, right? That It was stated to me as a fact. And then we looked and I asked to see what they were working on. I asked to look at it and they had done a very good job. Like to them, it felt true. They needed my mind in there. My mind had to come in there to help shift that distorted belief around what they had done, right? But not only that it's not just being able to spot your limiting beliefs, but it's being able to have the courage to pull away from them. Because your limiting beliefs want to keep themselves in place; they don't want you to change. Because your brain thinks that by keeping you hiding and keeping you the same, it's making sure that nothing bad happens to you. It's making sure you don't put yourself out there and get embarrassed. It's making sure that you don't, you know, step into the line of fire. Right? Your your brain has a hard time knowing what is actually dangerous versus what is just a little bit emotionally vulnerable. So it's going to protect you from emotional vulnerability as if that's actual physical biological danger to your aliveness and to your wellness. And so what happens is as soon as you recognize the limiting belief and you try to pull away from it, your brain sucks you back in. And if you don't have anyone around you, to encourage you to normalize what you're doing and to be doing the same thing too, it's going to be really hard for you not to get sucked back in. This is why I find so, so often with my clients, they're listening to the podcast very, very diligently. They are working on themselves. They are putting in all the effort. They have most of the knowledge. They're not missing a ton of information. But then they come into either my one-on-one or into my academy, and all of a sudden things start moving and changing and shifting. It's not because they weren't dedicated before. It's not because they weren't doing the work and the learning. It's because they needed the support of other humans and other human minds to help them not get sucked into the whiplash that happens when we try to change. Because there are two things that impact our minds and our belief systems very, very strongly. One is our existing belief system. Our mind is so committed to maintaining its beliefs and not changing. But the thing that we have going for us is that we also are very relational as humans and we develop our understanding of ourselves and the world based on what other people see us to be and based on other people's opinions. This is why... We are always asking our friends for a second opinion. This is why it feels so good to share things with other people, right? This is why it can be so helpful when someone else affirms us and tells us we're doing a good job because as humans, we are wired to understand the world through ourself and through other, which means that when we bring our mindset work into a community, or into a relationship, or into a place where there are others, where there are other minds, other people— we now have another force available that counteracts our brain's desire to stay the same and our brain's desire to prevent us from growing and changing. We now have another force that goes against that, which is someone who either believes in us and is encouraging us or other people around us who are doing the same thing we're doing and who are encouraging us and cheering us on. That helps us see this is okay to do. This is safe to do. I'm not crazy. I'm not out of my mind. I can totally do do this. She's doing this. She's telling me I can do this. It is going to be fine. Our brain needs this. Our brain needs this to break out of the shackles of it wanting to keep us the same. And I share this with you because I used to be someone who was very afraid to let people into my real actual struggles. Terrified. I was the person who was like, I will do like 20 billion hours of work on my own. I will do all the things. I will listen to all the podcasts. I will fill out all the worksheets. I will journal every day, but I will not talk to any humans about what I'm experiencing because that is way too vulnerable. And literally, it took me years to break that down and years to let go of that. And as soon as I did, the change that I experienced was massive. And this is literally the reason why therapy works, it's the reason why coaching works, it's the reason why mentorship works, it's the reason why community works, it's the reason why having social structures are so supportive. Because as humans, we cannot get out of some of these things alone. We cannot change what's in our mind using just our own mind. It is often too hard when we try to do it, especially for the areas that feel really emotional and really vulnerable and really sticky, and especially for those places where the limiting beliefs are really, really strong. What this means for you is that, you know, of course, I have so many places where I can help you with this and so many programs that you are welcome to jump into, And there's so many ways that you can bring other people into your process, right? You can find a mentor, you can find people to talk to, you can find community, right? But it is so important, so important not to try to take these mindset episodes and be like, okay, now I have the answer and I'm going to do this work and try and do it in isolation. Because if you try to do it in isolation, the one limiting belief that you are reinforcing over and over, no matter how much mindset work you do, is something is wrong with me. I am broken, right? That is the belief that keeps us from letting other people into our mindset work, letting other people into our growth process. We believe we're going to embarrass ourselves. Something's wrong with us. They're going to find out. So you could be doing all this mindset work uncovering all these limiting beliefs, but in the end of the day, Until you bring it to another human, you're still operating under this underlying belief that's beneath all of the beliefs, which is that something is wrong with me. And that's a belief that can only be shifted and healed in the context of a relationship with another human. And so... I just want you to think about that if you're stuck, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, if you do a lot of work on yourself, but if you don't have a place where you truly open up and share the real hard truth. And look, I know it's scary. I know it's terrifying. It's an emotional risk, right? You're making yourself very vulnerable, but it's an emotional risk that pays off and you get to find the people and the spaces that you feel safe opening up to, right? So you don't have to open up in spaces that don't feel good or safe to you. There are so many like women's workshops and things that I attended in my corporate career where I did not feel safe to open up in those settings. I did not trust that that setting, that environment could offer me the sensitivity, the thoughtfulness, the non-judgment that I needed. And so you get to decide who can hold the sacredness and sanctity of the beliefs and the pieces that are inside you that you are attempting to shift and grow through and heal. And that is a decision that you get to make and you get to find what works for you and you get to find what types of humans and spaces feel like the place where you want to do that. And I believe in this so much. I believe in this wholeheartedly. I get emotional talking about this, but that's one of the reasons I became a coach because that's something that I can now offer, right, is a space where you get to be in a real relationship and a real setting with other humans so that you can do the harder, scarier work of facing the things inside you that feel so scary to face with other people around. And to be totally honest with you, that is the most potent source of building your confidence. Like, it all just boils down to that, and. I've been really deeply studying human psychology for about a year and a half now. Ever since I started my business, I've been under mentorship with a clinical psychotherapist and have really come to appreciate that in the end of the day, it's about the community. It's about the people. It's about the relationship and that you can't really do real, deep, transformative work in a vacuum. And I want this to serve as a relief for you because if you're stuck This might be a reason why. And all you have to do is find a community, a mentor, someone, somewhere, someplace that feels safe enough for you, for you to stop doing all of this work alone. So that brings me to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this series. This was a long one. There was quite a lot going on, but I had a really, really wonderful time recording it. And as a reminder... Come join me for the Art of Speaking Up Academy bonus mini-series. This is where you're going to get a taste of the curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And this mini-series is going to jumpstart you improving your communication skills, literally, There are fewer more important things to work on in your corporate career than your communication skills because meetings are the the only place, they're the only place in your career where people see your work and your problem solving skills in real time, where they're in the room with you, watching you speak, watching you how you think and express yourself and forming an opinion of you. So your ability to speak in a way that helps people form that really strong opinion will pay dividends in your career. If that is important to you, head over to justguessitcoaching.com slash academy, add yourself to the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and you will start receiving the bonus mini training. And of course, if the community that you want to do this work in is mine, like if you want to do this work with me inside my programs, That is the main crux and philosophy behind the Art of Speaking Up Academy, like the reason that it works, the reason these women change and grow and experience results is because they're finally out of the echo chamber of their own mind in a new environment that nurtures their ability to change. And we can't get that, like I said, in a closed loop, just being inside our own heads. We need that environment to support us in the growth that we desire. You know, once you join the Art of Speaking Up Academy bonus mini series, like once you're on the wait list, you'll be the first to find out when I launch in November. And I would love to welcome you into the program and support you in achieving this deeper change that is going to help you grow your confidence for the rest of your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a fun one. Things got real deep. I hope you enjoyed it and I will catch you next week. Bye.